Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What character said, any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for? Cyclops. No. Professor Xavier said it. And we're going to learn all about him today because your geek history lesson is now in session. Hello and welcome to Geek History Lesson. I'm Jason Inman. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson and it is time to enter the halls of Xavier's school for your mind university. Yes, we welcome you to the podcast where we take one character from pop culture and we teach you all about them. Everything. Yes, and this week is Professor Charles Xavier, leader, founder of the X-Men. Yes. Now, there are plenty of spoilers in this podcast for any kind of thing that has happened with Charles Xavier. But, but there are no spoilers for the upcoming movie, X-Men Days of Future Past, because as the time of this recording, we have not, not seen, seen it. it. <laughs> so there are no spoilers for that movie, but we thought we'd tie it in, you know, have it, you know, be sort of... Relatable. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Timely. So we're going to hop right into the Tencent origin of Professor Charles Xavier, Miss Ashley, would you like to explain to the listeners what the Tencent origin is? Well, Mr. Jason, the Tencent origin is all the basic factoids and pieces of information who created, who invented, who named, what they do about the characters that you need to know in case you ever go to a cocktail party and somebody asks you about one Professor Charles Xavier. Yes, so let's get right to it. The Tencent origin of Professor Charles Xavier. His first appearance was in X-Men number one in September of 1963. I am shocked. Why? It was sarcasm. Oh, okay. Wasn't well-placed sarcasm. No. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And now to his real name. His full name is Charles Francis Xavier. Now his powers are, get ready for this. Oh, God. Genius-level intellect, telepathy, empathy, mind-reading oh, and control. Empathy is, is a power now? Yes. According to Stan Lee, it is. Mm. Memory alteration and erasure, mental bolts, psionic blasts, induced paralysis, illusion casting, he's a great tactician and strategist, astral projection, and this is an interesting fact, I didn't know this, I, 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 photographic memory. Iodetic. Thank you, iodetic memory, photographic memory, or total recall, which is actually a great uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, by the way. Is it though? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Is. And now we move on to Meet Cute, the next section of our podcast. Ashley, explain to the listeners what that is, too. Meet Cute is a term for when two characters in romantic comedy meet, and it's just so cute. In our case, it's where we first encountered the character, because usually we were tiny children, and the story's kind of cute. So Jason, Professor Jason, leader of this lecture, please tell us where you first met one Professor Charles Francis Xavier Underwood. I met Professor Xavier, not Underwood, in <laughs> X-Men number one. But the next men number one that was a 1991 with art by Jim Lee and written by Chris Claremont. <laughs> now, uh, in that story, Wolverine, 
you see this scene where Wolverine's fighting a bunch of X-Men, excellent Jim Lee art, lots of blasts, lots of lions, and then Wolverine comes up through the floor, holds his hand in front of Charles Xavier, pops his claws, and they stop seconds or a centimeters away from his forehead, and he's like, bang, you're dead, Charlie. And wow. Then, and you find out that it was a scenario, it was a training scenario. And that was my first introduction into Charles Xavier because uh, it was a number one. If you remember, they did like seven different covers. They had all the different covers. What, and, you know, 1990? Uh, 91, I believe. Can't and, say I've got a lot of vivid memories from that time. And I found it in a pawn shop, and it was a number one. <laughs> and my cover had Cyclops and Wolverine posing, and I just had to have it. Nice. Who or what Who? or when was your first example or uh, encounter? encounter? With Charles Xavier. Well, as someone who was born in the first year of the 90s, mine was definitely the X-Men cartoon. Which... Or the last year of the 80s, if you go by proper county. Uh, I was born in 1990. <laughs> uh, the last year of the 80s. And we go. No. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was X-Men the Animated Series. I can't remember what specific episode I saw first, but it was definitely mm-hmm. that because I watched that before I ever picked He's a clod book. in that series, by the way. He's a big clod. Yeah, and Cyclops is a dick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, right. and Rogue cries all the time. Enough of that. Now it's time. It is time, time to move on to time. History 101. Ashley, what's History 101? History 101 is... I forgot. Is, oh, mon dieu. Mm. Uh, History 101 is the meat of the lesson. It is what all of your tuition money is paying for. It is the important things, the most important details, the most important storylines, skipping over some less important things, everything you need to know about the topic, Professor Charles Xavier. Yes. And giving you this lesson, you could say that I'm looking for hope, Ashley. Mm. Going through the history of Charles Xavier is all about looking for hope. You sure it's not about retcons? And as no, it's, there are no retcons in this history. <laughs> there are aliens. There are a lot of aliens in here, but there are no retcons in this history. Wow. All right. This here we go. Now, an interesting fact Ooh. that has nothing to do with the, uh, you know, uh, his history, but Stan Lee has stated in interviews that the physical inspiration for Professor Xavier was from Academy Award-winning actor Yul Brynner. Now, do you know who Yul Brynner is? I I know who Yul Brynner is. I probably couldn't tell you any films he was in, but he, I know what he looks like. He was Ramses in The Ten Commandments, the Charles Heston version. Charlton Heston? Uh, and Yeah. And he has amazing... I love his line because he has this line that he says as Ramses several times. like, let it be written. Let it be done. Yeah, yeah. So it is written, so yep. it shall be done. Let it be written. <laughs> let it be done. He's also in The Magnificent Seven. Uh, oh, who does he play in Magnificent Seven? One of the Cowboys. One of the Magnificent Not Seven. Not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there you go. He's bald-headed, and he's slightly ethic, and that's it. Cool. There you go. Yul Brenner. Is that why Professor X has really weird eyebrows for a long time? <laughs> Probably, because Yul Brenner has very magnificent eyebrows. <laughs> oh, wow. Seven magnificent eyebrows. Now we move on to the fictional history of Charles Francis Xavier, who was the mutant son of a wealthy nuclear researcher, Dr. Brian Xavier, mm. and his wife, Sharon Xavier. While gestating in his mother's womb, Charles- Wow. We going that far back? Oh, yeah. We're starting back there. <laughs> Charles' twin was recognized by Charles as an evil presence, and he preemptively tried to kill it with his nascent psychic abilities, causing the fetus to miscarriage. Now, you may be wondering, why am I starting in the womb? Well, that storyline comes back to haunt Charles in a hard way during Grant Morrison's run of New X-Men, because you learn that his... It's a very weird Grant Morrison storyline where you learn that, like that the other fetus is uh, Cassandra Nova, who is uh, Charles Xavier's twin sister. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So anyways, uh, we move on. Named Is she named for Cassandra, the character in Greek tragedy, who is um, precognitive and has visions? We have no idea why she's named. 
I'm going for yes. Sure. After Dr. Xavier's death, his father, in an accident, Sharon, his mother, married Mm -hmm. his colleague, Dr. Kurt Marco, who brought his son by a previous marriage, Kane Marco, Mm. to live in their ancestral mansion. Now, Ashley... Ancestral, not ancestral. It's ancestral. Yeah, but you said ancestral. Whatever. (laughs) Who is Kane Marco? Kane Marco is Sabretooth? Incorrect. Did you actually think oh, Kane Marco was Sabretooth? No, that's Wolverine's brother. No, I don't know. Wait, uh, Juggernaut? Kane Marco is the Juggernaut. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I got his brother, his half brother. The unstoppable up. foe. Now, uh, Charles' telepathic powers began emerging when he was still a boy, around 10. And as he grew older, he learned to control them. But due to the immense psychic energies emanating from Charles' head, he became bald at a young age, just like Charlie Brown. Wow, that's... Not because of getting thing. old or anything like that. It's just because his so brain X-Men, was so powerful. So X-Men First Class has it wrong. Yes, they have it really. When that little nugget got hair. They have so many things wrong. Well, yeah. Now, Sharon, his mother died shortly after that. Uh, She's like, I can't take my son. Yeah, bald. well, of a broken heart, actually. So she Padme Automodala'd it. Ugh, and Arwen le- does the same thing. And she left Charles to live with his stepfather, an abusive stepbrother. Later, a fight erupted between Kane and Dr. Marco that caused some of Dr. Marco's lab equipment to explode. Now, here's a question. What kind of lab equipment and stuff was he doing that his lab equipment just explodes? Just exploded? When people, like, hit it or actually jostle it. Um, I'm going to go with... This was the 60s. I mean, if you dropped potassium into water, it would it might explode if you tinged it hard enough. If you tinged it hard tinged, enough? Um, yep, I'm creating verbs. That's a scientific term. Yeah. Now, he, Dr. Marco was mortally wounded, and he dragged the two children, Charles and Kane. Was he mortally wounded by the broken lab equipment? By the lab explosion. Ah. And he dragged the two children out uh, before dying, begging forgiveness for not saving Dr. Xavier, Charles' father, before when he had the chance. Wow. And telling Charles to keep his mutant power secret. From Kane. Oh, so he knew? His stepfather mm-hmm. knew? He knew. He knew. And he revealed to Charles that he knew. Now, but from there on, Kane, for some stupid reason, blamed Charles for his father's death and forever regarded him as an enemy. Because of reasons. Yes. Now, Charles entered England's Oxford University. Mm. Where he Which m- college? I don't know. <laughs> Oxford University. I know, where but Oxford he, is full of colleges. He met to Oxford University. <laughs> the Oxford University. There's only one. He went to the one. Okay. Where he met and fell in love with a young Scotswoman named Moira Kinross. Moira and Xavier's Kinross. passionate discussions on genetic mutation gave way to an equally passionate romance. Wow. Yes. You know. Did Fabio play Professor X on the cover? No. Well, you know, like in, in like drugstore romance novels, Fabio's always a cover model. Mm, okay. Sure. It's a thing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was more wanting to talk about the fact that if you think this passionate discussions on genetic mutation could actually get you laid. Do I think that? Mm-hmm. Well, sure, because I don't want to judge anyone's proclivities. It wouldn't get me laid because I wouldn't have anything to contribute. Hello, bird. Hi. You're a mutant. Oh? Yes, it's mutation is what allowed us to evolve from single This is the part where I would walk away. <laughs> into the most dominant species in the planet. And then it makes us very groovy, baby. It's a very groovy mutation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally would have walked away from that dude at the bar. I would have been like, but then, but then he would have been like, see you later. This mental power? This is my mental power sound. Come back to me. Unless he could make himself look like Michael Fassbender, I wouldn't come back. My mental powers <laughs> are making you turn around. 
<laughs> that's how he did it. Yeah. That's how he's laid his man. That's how Charles got laid so yeah. much. I mean, he's not the first time he's ever told somebody to do something with his mind. So he started early. So Charles and Moira plan to be married. And if you haven't figured this out by now, Moira is, of course, a very famous X-Men character. Yeah. Uh, but after finishing his work at Oxford, Xavier was drafted and sent to Asia during the Korean War. Did Britain have a draft? Um, here's the thing. Oh, they're living in America, though. Here's the thing. Right? And and I did a little bit of research on this. Mm-hmm. And I will say something right now. The movies made Charles... British because of Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Because Patrick Stewart for years was always to, said to be the perfect choice, mainly because of his balls. But anyways, he still worked <laughs> out perfectly. Here's the thing. The Xavier Mansion, which is said to have been there for years, Westchester. is in New York, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing, nothing in any of the comic books to make Charles Xavier British. Nothing. Now... He has sort of been retconned British because of Patrick (laughs) Stewart. Since 2000. Even the video games and every cartoon, X-Men cartoon, there's been a couple of them. Mm -hmm. X-Men Evolution did it and Wolverine and the X-Men did it. Yes. Where the actor who played Xavier was British. Oh, yeah. He's American in the 90s series. But yeah, in the 90s series, he's American. He grew up in New York. In X-Men First Class, we see him grow up in New York. Yes, he could be British. But he's American. But it's not canon. He's an American it's citizen. It's not canon. And I looked hard I looked hard and wide for any reference that, that would say he was British. I found nothing. Wow. Nothing. All I know is that he grew up in New York. His name is Charles Xavier. That's it. He was drafted. I don't know. So clearly American citizen. He's clearly American citizen. Whether he has an English accent is up to you to decide whether you, when you're reading his voice. Cool. So, so he was drafted. Went yes, to Asia. So he was drafted into the Korean War, which is a problem with the X Men because, of course, like Magneto is always going to be tied to the Holocaust unless they update that. Yeah. So Charles could have fought in the Korean War. Uh, there, Xavier found out that he was in the same unit as Kane Marco, oh. and attempting to bring back the deserting Kane, Kane went a desertion. Xavier, wit- uh, a- Xavier witnessed how Marco found the mystical ruby in the Temple of Satarak. That transformed him into the superhuman juggernaut. I feel like we just jumped into a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is the start of Charles Xavier going a little cuckoo. You're going to have some aliens. We're going to have some other stuff. You're generally going to see a lot of plot lines with Charles Xavier that you're just going to be like, what is going on here? They sh- <laughs> this should have gone back for another rewrite. Because one of my problems with the juggernaut has always been that he's not a mutant. Yeah. He gets his power from a rock. Not even kidding you. It's a giant ruby. I had the action figure. That's how I know. Okay. Anyways, so uh, Charles, because of going to draft, of course, he lost Moira. Mm-hmm. And he was deeply depressed because Moira broke off, their, broke off their engagement without explanation. And Xavier inherited his family's considerable wealth. And Xavier just began traveling abroad, baby. You know, seeing the world. Yeah, yeah. Globetrotting. You know, going into every hostel that a bald man could go into. And Moira. You know he had too much money to go to a hostel. Well, you know, he was going for the hostel for the groovy baby so he can tell him about all genetic manipulation. Yeah, but you don't get a private room in a hostel. Well, I mean, he was going to the hostel to pick up the chicks and then bring them back to the room. Is what oh, I was saying. I see. Now, Moira married Joseph Taggart. And then, you know, we know what happens to her. Now, while in Cairo, Egypt, you know, because not Cairo, Wisconsin. Not um, Egypt. Xavier met the young pickpocket, Aurora Monroe. And while making mental contact with her, battled Amal Farouk, the Shadow King. The first evil mutant he ever met. 
And it was because of this encounter. This led to the visionary Xavier's decision to devote his life to protecting humanity from evil mutants and safeguarding innocent mutants from human oppression, believing that humans and mutants could peaceably coexist. Mm -hmm. So Storm, and thereby defining his character for the rest of time. Exactly, exactly. Making him the Martin Luther King of mutants. Now, Xavier next went to, I'm not certain how to pronounce this, but it's H-A-I-F-A, but I'm going to say Haifa. Haifa. Israel. Okay. And he met with the head of a clinic for the traumatized Holocaust victims, Daniel Schramman, uh, who's a friend of his, mm-hmm. where he also fell in love with the catatonic Gabriella Holler, who he woke up with his telepathy. Wow. So, you know, he, he he went there, first friend, met a cool girl, and then... Well, you say met. Well, yeah, yeah. But then he met a man, another man, who would change his life forever. A man called Eric Magnus Lencher. Later to be called as Magneto. Magnus and Xavier held lengthy debates, hypothesizing and hypothesizing and hypothesizing and whatever. I feel like this episode, like I feel like I'm the one being put through the class with you right here because every I can't say anything right, and you're constantly calling me on it. I'm not oh. calling him. I'm trying to help. Uh, so they they talk about what would happen if humanity was faced with a new superpowered race of humans. Now they were both unaware that each other were mutants. Oh, that's cool. They did when they first met. They neither one of them knew did that they, they played chess. The uh, let's just say yes. Cool. Um, in and accepted. While Xavier was very optimistic about the situation, Magnus's experience in the Holocaust led him to believe that humanity would ultimately oppress the new race of humans as they had done with other minorities. Well, you, that's pretty understandable. Which side of the debate are you on? Let's Ooh. just let's have let's have some fun here. Let's let's drop into Magneto and Xavier's argument mm-hmm. tomorrow. In the newspaper, a little girl can shoot lightning bolts out of her hand. They're gonna throw her in jail. They're gonna throw her in jail. Well, they're gonna—they're not gonna call it jail. They're gonna put her in a facility, though. Yeah, I would think they would study her. Okay, now here you go. Yeah, they would, but they're gonna isolate her from the in America in the United mm-hmm. States, um, or in several Western countries. They're gonna put her in a safe place, and they're gonna study her. And if she's not in, if she's in maybe a developing country or a third world country, they're going to weaponize her or they're going to kill her. Now, kids start being born everywhere with powers. Yeah, yeah. Same question. What uh, happens to them? Which which viewpoint? What, what percent? I think the percentile is a big thing because it's, you know, it's the metaphor that like X-Men stand for homosexuality and stuff like that. Like, I, if, it's, if it's around 50% of the population... No. And it's something we have to deal with because it's going to be a hugely prominent thing. If it's less than that, they're still going to be outsiders. They're still going to be treated differently. And they're... I've I've always thought the mutants were 30%. 30%? Yeah. I think very much it would be like what we see with the Registration Act arc and the cure. Because they're going to be seen as dangerous because some people with mutant powers are going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, particularly in the United States, one of the big things is like right to bear arms, right to protect yourself... You know, right to feel safe in your own home, uh, for better or ill, whatever side on that conversation you come down on, I think that's going to be a big, that's going to cause a lot of problems. Because not all mutations are like, you know, weaponizable. Some of them are like uh, healing factors. Well, you forget about Cypher, who can just learn new languages. Yeah. That's his only power. Or there's some. There's, I can speak French really well. There's some, there's a girl, I can't remember what her name is, but the only thing she can do is control pheromones. So boys around her just really like her. Mm. So, I don't know. I just, Interesting. I would definitely come down more on the Magneto side of that, that people are sort of terrible. 
I will bring you hope. I'm looking for hope, my friend. Yeah? That's all I'm looking for. I'm, I'm Charles Xavier. <laughs> uh, now, eventually, the two eventually revealed their powers to each other because a Hydra villain got involved in this storyline. A Hydra villain that has been seen in a Marvel Universe movie. Mm. Any guesses? Red Skull. Incorrect. Baron Von Strucker. Well, that was not one of my guesses. Yeah, well, he's been in a Marvel Universe movie, very recent one, Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> and and his Hydra agent, now Baron Von Strucker and his Hydra agents kidnapped Gabrielle, the girl he woke up. Coma girl. Yep, because they knew that she knew the location of a secret cache of gold. How did they know that? Like I said, remember I said that some of Xavier's <laughs> stories are really wacko? Yeah. Uh, get ready. Cool. <laughs> um, Magnus attempted to kill Von Strucker, but Xavier stopped him. Realizing that his and Xavier's views on mutant-human relations were incompatible, Magnus left with the gold. So Magnus got a big payday, yo! Cool. Now, Charles stayed in Israel for some time, but Xavier and Gabrielle were unaware that when Charles finally left, because they finally broke up, Mm -hmm. that she was pregnant with his son. Do you know who this son is? I don't. This This little boy would eventually become Legion. Oh. The character who stars in X-Men Legacy right yes, now. Yes, yes, And would later to go on to cause an event called the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Now, Xavier, I'm going to give you a lot of more questions because oh. this, this is fun for me because these stories are wackadoo. <laughs> now, Xavier next fought a very big enemy in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Do you have a guess on who he fought next? Thanos. Incorrect. Rocks. <laughs> uh <laughs> I hate it when you do that. In a strange town near the Himalayas. They don't even say what the town is. It's just a very strange town. A small, strange town. Xavier encountered an alien calling himself, get ready for it, Lucifer. Wow. (laughs) Lucifer was the advanced scout for an invasion by his race, the Quists. Spell? Q-U-I-S-T-S. Quists. And now Xavier foiled his plans. In retaliation, Lucifer... Dropped a huge stone block on Xavier, crippling his legs. And thus, this is why Charles Xavier (laughs) is in a wheelchair. This is the in-canon reason for why Charles Xavier is in a wheelchair. It's never been retconned? It has never been retconned. Marvel! He was crushed by an alien. Marvel Comics. (laughs) Mark Wade. Retcon the shit. Immediately. The quiz. (laughs) The Quists and their rocks. That was named after a fallen angel. <laughs> Holy Christ. So Xavier moved on, right? And he start- Not really. Well, I mean, in a wheelchair, he moved on. He slowly moved on. He rolled on. In a wheelchair, in, into every, you know, uh, accessible building that he could. And, but <laughs> this was, in the 60s, there ain't shit. There was a 60s, so he, he didn't have a lot of luck. And um, I mean, no offense with that comment. No, um, we don't. But he came up with this idea of starting a school and training mutants. And Xavier at this time had reestablished a relationship with Moira. Yeah. And they became good friends again, which this was great. This is when they were like pen pals, right? Uh, no, they actually like hung out. Oh, cool. Actually talked to each other. Well done. And Xavier uh, um, decided that he, he was thinking about recruits. And there were a list of recruits that him and Moira came up with. How? Because um, Cerebro doesn't exist yet. He had the plans for Cerebro. Okay. And it was through uh, police reports and doctors' reports and various news okay. sources that they gathered. But he was starting to build Cerebro at this point. He had the idea for Cerebro. Mm-hmm. In, in the comics, Cerebro comes from Charles. Yeah. And yeah. He he comes up with it. He builds it. Yeah. Not Beast and not him and Magneto. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
some of the the candidates that he passed over for a school include Kurt Wagner. Kurt Wagner. Yeah. Uh, Peter Rasputin. Well, Russians. Pietro and Wanda Maximoff. And Aurora Monroe. Really? Yes. Well, I mean, I know she's not part of the original X Men, but I now that's that sort surprising. of a retcon. What I'm just what I just told you, mm. but I always thought it was kind of fascinating. Um, his first student was Ashley Scott Summers. Incorrect. Jean Grey. Wait. Oh. His first student is 11 year old Jean Grey. Unacceptable. It should have been Scott Summers. Who had been traumatized when she telepathically experienced the emotions of a dying friend. So a friend of Jean's died, and Jean was in her mind when this happened, and Jean just went. Like, and you mean every time Jean experiences someone's exactly, emotions? And, and and Charles was a friend, uh, actually a a in the same unit as Jean Grey's father. So oh, when okay. Jean, so friend when, of the family, exactly when Jean Grey went cuckoo, uh, Doctor Grey, her father, went to her his friend Charles, and, and he knew that Charles was a mutant. Okay, cool. Um, now Professor X made the school for gifted youngsters and yeah. assembled his original team of X Men. His second X-Man was your first guest, so Scott Summers. Scott Summers! And Scott was the first to actually move into the mansion. Okay, uh, so I was sort of right. Yeah, yeah. So Scott uh, took the name of Cyclops, and then we had Iceman, Angel, Beast, and Jean, who took the name of Marvel Girl. And the first menace that they would face would be Xavier's old friend... Poverty! Magneto. <laughs> now a mutant supremacist and the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And thus, the X-Men were finally born in X-Men number one, 1963, blue and yellow uniforms, a cover that has been, uh, you know, talked about and recreated for the ages. Now, after training them for several years in several X-Men storylines, Professor Xavier decided that he needed to go underground and disappear. Okay. To prepare for the invasion of the alien Xenox. So he built the Danger Room. No. Uh, the Danger Room is around. It's been around. Mm. Uh, Danger Room happened from issue one. I mean, I know. Um, it's underground. But he had to prepare for the Xenox. And he had Is that the, the Scientologist thing? No. And had the reformed and dying villain Changeling poses him after giving him a portion of his telepathic power. Hmm. So Charles Xavier went underground and Changeling stood in for him. Then in battle, the Changeling, as Charles, was killed. Ooh. Was killed in a battle by a villain called Grotesque. And the Did X-Men he grow up to be maggot? Uh no. Uh and the X-Men saw this and they disbanded completely, got rid wow. of the team. And Professor Xavier in his will gave all his belongings to Scott. Mm-hmm. Now Professor Xavier later returned with Havoc and Laura Dane, also known as Polaris, mm-hmm. to stop the invasion of the Xenox. Oh, Polaris was okay. So and the only way to stop the Xenox was that Professor Xavier probed every human mind on the planet. But because of this, in the collective telepath, that's how we beat them with a giant telepathic attack. Okay. But because of this, he was left in a weakened state. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And when he probed the minds of everyone on the planet, a psychic image of himself was briefly seen by Princess Majestrix Leandra Namari of the Shi'ar. Okay. But we will get to that later. <laughs> How old are the uh, kids by this point? They're still around 16, 17? Mm, eight is never said. Who knows? Okay. I just want to get at one point they sort of became adults as opposed to teenagers. Um, they don't technically become an adult until a later part in this history, technically. Okay. Which we'll, we'll, we'll sort of deal with. Cool. Um, every age in the Marvel Universe is on a rolling timeline. They just uh, yeah, keep moving. Of course. I would say, in my opinion... They're maybe 17, 18 ish. Okay. Because I would say they started out 15. Uh, yeah, I think Scott is 16. Yeah, so they're, they're, they've been around the block a couple times. Now. Okay, cool. They're 18 or 19 ish. Just wondering. Okay. So uh, Xavier formed the second team of X Men, which was the Faded Dead team. And then he formed the third team of X Men because of Krokoa Island. Mm-hmm. And the all new X Men, including Wolverine, showed up. Now, you remember this famous cover, all the X-Men popping through the image of the original X-Men. Yeah. Can you name the all-new X-Men, the um, Wolverine team? Probably not, but I can make a guess. Go for it. You know Wolverine's one of Wolverine. them. I will give you this. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are, you have six other people besides Wolverine. Okay, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Cyclops. Uh, incorrect. Uh, new people, new people. Oh, they're okay. They're, I'm not oh, counting okay. Cyclops. Okay, sorry. Okay. sorry about that. My confusion. Ah. Wolverine, Nightcrawler. Correct. Storm. Correct. Colossus. Correct. Kitty Pride. Incorrect. Bollocks. Um, Umbrella. Remember, this is like 1970-ish. Okay. Kitty Pride didn't show Doesn't, until 80. That's true. As we learned mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, last week. Okay, um, think, 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 Rogue? Incorrect. Rogue doesn't come around for a long time. <gasps> You're missing one of my favorite X-Men, an X-Men that was in first class. Banshee? Banshee, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Havoc? No, we already talked about no, Havoc. No, Havoc's already been around. Um, is the last one also in first class? You have two left. Two uh, left. It's Sunfire, the oh. Japanese, and Thunderbird. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> Now, not bad. They formed. Yeah, you did pretty good. Uh, <laughs> they formed, and the second X Men team was born, and then the Phoenix arrived. Oh, great! Dun dun dun! My I, favorite. Yeah, and I don't really want to talk about the Phoenix. That's a that's a Jean Grey geek history lesson. Yeah, that's a that. whole other set yeah, of yeah. nine episodes. <laughs> now, so we move on. The Phoenix is around, but the Dark Phoenix saga has not happened. Cool. So Jean Grey, Jean Grey has now turned into the Phoenix, and Leandra. Niramani, princess of the alien Shia race, and the woman who has shared an intense psychic bond with Xavier. Because, see, she saw this image, and then Xavier somehow reached out, and they've been like having like telepathic sex. I'm imagining her looking like a star sapphire. Mm, she like, sort of, you've seen a picture of her, right? Yeah, yeah, I know it's incorrect, but that's kind of where my headcanon's at right she now. Ha- she has like metal hair, it's weird. Yeah. Um, she finally came to Earth to implore Professor X to help him against her mad, tyrannical brother, Deken Niramani. And he instantly aided her by deploying his X-Men and sending them into space! Oh, we love X-Men in space. Then they journeyed to the McCran Crystal's homeworld to battle the Shia Imperial God. Now, they fought them, of course, mm-hmm. and Professor X decided to stay in space while the X-Men returned home. Okay. Now, he was in space for quite a while. And when he finally came to Earth, 
the very first thing that he did was put on his old Cerebro helmet and find a little girl who lived in Deerfield, Illinois, <laughs> named Kitty, Kitty Pride. Pride. That was the very first thing he did when who, he came back to Earth. Who was in charge of the school while he was off gallivanting in space? They were just kind of on their own, Cyclops and just go. I mean, it seems like it would have been Storm because she's slightly older than the rest of them. Now, there are story. there is a storyline where Storm fought Cyclops for control of the X-Men. Now, in this research on Charles, I did not look that up. Fair enough. Um, so I'm not 100% certain where that storyline happens. Listeners, if you know, tell us on our Tell Facebook. us on our Facebook page. Um, now, this is the time when Jean Grey died the first time, and the <sighs> Dark Phoenix saga happened, and da 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 <sighs> and they went out into space, and they discovered the brood, and now this is the point where I'm going to start skipping ahead, because this is where all the spacey McSpacer stuff happens, okay? Uh-huh. The important thing is, we get Lockheed. Yes. Now, they go to space, and they meet the brood for the very first time, mm-hmm. and unknown to anyone, Professor X had been implanted with a brood queen egg inside of him. And no one knew this. Because he was already bald. Mm, he already looked like an egg. Sure. Then Professor X decided to gra- to gather the group known as the New Mutants, mm-hmm. which consisted of Donald Pierce, Karma, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Sunspot, <laughs> and Cannonball. Now, what we didn't know is that Professor X initially had brought the team together to use his embryos because the brood queen was slightly influencing him and he wanted to plant his eggs inside of I him. I thought you said to use his embryos and I was like, no, he's no, got no. embryos stored No, no, no. So <laughs> Professor X used his powers to attack the new mutants. The X-Men returned from space again with the knowledge that Professor X had been infected with an embryo and the brood queen revealed herself by transforming him and they had a big, big fighty, 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 fighty. Wow. Um, now the mind of Professor Xavier exerted itself long enough to ask Cyclops to to kill him, but Cyclops was like, "No way, man!" And Doctor Metagart, little did he know, and the X Men spacefaring allies, the Starjammers, <laughs> saved Professor Xavier. By how do you think they saved him from a brood queen living in his body? Um, I think they brought him into a church, mm-hmm. and they called up um, Father Nightcrawler. And they taped him down to a table, and they exercised the evil from his body. Well, that's sort of close. I mean, <laughs> and by close, if you mean that they transferred his mind into a newly cloned, somewhat younger body in which his legs functioned. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they were like, hey, let's bring James McAvoy into this. Yeah, yeah. you know, because the clone, let's do the clone thing. <laughs> it worked out for Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. Now, the experience, the experience made Professor X feel like a whole new man because he had a whole new body. <laughs> And, but his legs still sometimes had trouble working. But he could walk around. Because his brain was like, what are legs? Yeah, yeah. His brain's like, uh, I don't know how to hope with legs again. <laughs> now, Lalandra returned from space. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, they had some kissy-kissy time. And a bunch more time passes. Now, Professor Xavier mm-hmm. suffered some physical injuries and some psychic strains. Okay. And there were a bunch of different storylines that led up to this. Like, uh, there was a storyline where he got attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also God God Loves, Man Kills happened yep. in this time with Chris Claremont, which is what X-Men X2 is based on. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, and in God Loves, Man Kills, uh, Stryker builds a machine where Xavier can touch all the minds in the in the world and kill them. Yeah. Just like the, just like the movie. Uh, so that tore him down a little bit. He got he got beat up by uh, he got in a mutant attack. He got beat up by mutant even thugs. Though, even yeah, even though it was not known that he was a mutant at this time. Mm. Um, and so all these psychic injuries and physical injuries got him pretty close to dying. And he was pretty close to dying. He's in this brand new body, and because he was dying, he asked Magneto to become his successor as the headmaster of the Xavier School for Young. 
for gifted youngsters. There's nothing and, good about that and choice. And the mentor of the new mutants. <laughs> and Lalandra and the Stardammers returned and took Professor Xavier into outer space. Again, uh, where they used Shi'ar technology to restore him to health. And he stayed in space for a while. So they basically threw him in a space Lazarus pit. Yeah, well, they, they, they cured him with a clone body. Then he got sick again. And they were like, oh, let's take him to space. And they cured him again. Cool. Yeah. You're going to see that a lot of times. Xavier almost dies a lot. Before he dies. And aliens. And aliens. <laughs> now, he stayed in space for a while. And when he came back... He formed the two teams of X-Men, the X-Men Blue and the X-Men Gold. Oh, and, I remember that. And new X-Men called like Gambit and Jubilee started joining the team. Mm. And then- Are we in the 90s yet? We're late 80s right now. Okay. Xavier led the X-Men against the Shadow King, mm-hmm. the same villain he fought you know, a long, long time ago. In Africa. Only to have his spine broken in the astral plane, which left him crippled and confined to a wheelchair once again. I'm just saying in the astral plane, your physical body's probably not there. But it's like the Matrix. Whatever happens there happens in the real world. You know what I'm saying? I guess. If you, you die know, in the Matrix, you die in the real world. you the astral plane more than I have. Yeah. Now, since the X-Men were now all highly trained adults. And they're grown-ups now. Yep, <laughs> Xavier renamed the school in his mansion the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. And now we are in the 90s because this is around X-Men number one by Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, the issue that I found in a pawn shop. Nice. Uh, now, he also took control of a private school run by Emma Frost called the Massachusetts Academy and made it the new school for gifted youngsters. And this led to a new X-Men spinoff title called Generation X. Mm-hmm. And now we hit the 90s with full-on steam. <laughs> All right? I'm ready. Yep, here I'm we go. buckled in. In a battle with Magneto called Fatal Attractions, Xavier lost little, his temper. Little, uh... Little homoerotic. Well, have you ever read Fatal Attractions? Yes. Uh, ex- <laughs> I was just referring to the title. Yeah. Xavier lost, they had holograms on the cover. Wow, Little not holograms. the version I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Xavier lost his temper against his old friend ripping the adamantium from Wolverine's body. Wow. And used his mental powers to shut down Magneto's conscious mind by transferring it into his own. And that was a big deal. Wolverine didn't ha- had bone claws for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Magneto was catatonic. But little did we know, in the process... Xavier's mind was inadvertently infected by the evil within Magneto's psyche. So he became evil by proxy? Sort of. Now, the Age of Apocalypse, Legion Attack, the mm-hmm. Age of Apocalypse happens here, but we're going to move on. That's an Apocalypse Geek History lesson, and or, 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 or a Legion Geek History lesson. <laughs> we're going to keep on going with Charles Xavier, because Charles Xavier was not in the Age of Apocalypse. That's the reason why the Age of Apocalypse happened. Huh? Mm. Now, the result of Magneto's attack was the dark sides of Magneto and the dark sides of Xavier's mind combined and physically manifested themselves in a nearly invincible entity called Onslaught, who usurped Xavier's psionic powers, basically making Xavier powerless. Mm -hmm. Now America's greatest superheroes narrowly defeated Onslaught, who appeared to perish. Not all the X-Men are American. Hmm? But the Avengers and the Fantastic Four fought Onslaught in the Central Park in New York, and they all died going to the Heroes Reborn universe because Franklin saved them. They all sacrificed themselves to the world. The world thought they were all dead for a year because of Onslaught. Uh, However, to ensure that Xavier never spawned a being like Onslaught again, Dr. Valerie Cooper of the United States government took him him into custody. Although Xavier was willing to serve as a prisoner of the United States government, he was appalled when it turned him over to the custody of Bastion, head of the anti-mutant Operation Zero Tolerance, which is also another X-Men storyline, Operation Zero Tolerance, where they're like these super sentinels run by this guy named Bastion. Yeah. And you eventually learn that Bastion was also a sentinel himself. Huh. 
Xavier notes. <laughs> Xavier was eventually freed and found by Cerebro, who was became alive at this time. Now, this is a storyline from Joe Kelly's run of X-Men, not Cerebra and, of Joss and, Whedon. And not Danger. Mm-hmm. No, neither one of those. It was this other character where Cerebro was like this giant he- hulking behemoth. Just this beginning of this trend of yes. Cerebro projecting yeah, yep. itself as a thing. Now, uh, interesting little side note. Side note. Uh, Mystique, during this time, blew up Moira Metagart's laboratory complex, mm-hmm. Muir Island. Fatally wounding her. And Charles went to the astral plane to meet her and retrieve information on the cure to the legacy virus. But after gathering the information, he did not want to leave her alone. And if not for Jean Grey pulling him back, the professor would have died with his first love. Even though Moira said that she had no regrets. And I just thought that was an interesting because we talked about Moira so much at the beginning. I thought it was nice to know about her death. Yeah. Now, very much like, uh, mm-hmm. like Trip in Surgeon Enterprise. He's like, I'm going to die now. Ah. Even though I'll probably be okay if I thought about it. True. Now we go into Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Yes. Where Charles Xavier outs himself publicly as a mutant because of Cassandra Nova, and he forms X-Corporations, right? Mm-hmm. Fun run. I love it. He walks around a little bit for that, and then he loses his legs again. <laughs> then we get to House of M. And House of M... I know you love House of M. Put, well, House of M puts a little spring in Charlie's old step, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and by that, he loses his powers. Yep. In one night. He's not one of the 198. But... He gets his legs back. Um, it was also during this storyline that we have Deadly Genesis, where Cyclops found out about Xavier lying about his brother Vulcan, who was part of the second X-Men team. Yep. And Cyclops told him to never come back to the mansion, because they were still in the mansion this mm-hmm. time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, even though Xavier was no longer welcome at the Institute, he nevertheless formed a new team composed of Darwin, Havoc, Marvel Girl, Nightcrawler, Warpath, and Polaris for the express purpose of tracking down Vulcan before he could enact his vengeance on the Shi'ar Empire. Now, this happened in Uncanny X-Men while normal X-Men was like Cyclops and Team on Earth and it is a special yeah. thing. Now, Xavier was imprisoned and briefly tortured and then sent to be thrown at the McCran Crystal. And after he was rescued, Professor Xavier regained his consciousness and found out that the McCran Crystal had restored his mutation... And he now maintained both his telepathy and his ability to walk. Okay. So we got that back again. Yay. We got walking, dancing, Professor X. And now we skip ahead <laughs> to Avengers versus X-Men. Oh. Now, the Phoenix comes to Earth, right? And yeah. it chooses five mutants. Yep. Scott Summers. Yep. Colossus. Yep. Ileana. Yes. White Queen. Yes. And who was number five? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember either. Doesn't matter to Charlie Xavier, but... The important one is Scott Summers. They almost destroy Wakanda, and Charles telepathically contacts Scott Summers to express his severe disappointment and make it clear that unless they ended this madness now of the Phoenix, he would take action and use the appropriate actions to bring the X-Men down. Mm-hmm. The power of the Phoenix was taken away from the three of them. It was only between Scott and Emma, and Charles aided the Avengers in helping to take them down. His powers managed to nullify Scott's for a small period of time, and Scott stole Emma's and mm-hmm. became the Dark Phoenix. Xavier attacked again and demanded he stop, but Skyclops, Cyclops, Skyclops. Skyclops finally lost control and somehow killed Xavier before turning it into the Dark Phoenix. And that's where Professor X is now dead. dead. Now, 
He's played in the movies by Patrick Stewart. He is, and James McAvoy. And James McAvoy, who I like both. And um, I have some fun facts. Just three fun facts about Xavier that I thought were interesting. Cool. I will take your fun facts. In New X-Men number 132, Mm -hmm. Storm mentions that Xavier enjoys a kind of tea. What kind of tea do you think that is? Earl Grey. Incorrect. You would think that because of the Patrick Stewart reference. Green tea? Japanese green tea. Oh. In New X-Men, I'm just going to turn these into trivia questions. You okay with that? Yeah, totally. Let's go. In in New X-Men number 129, Phantom X mentions that Xavier is a billionaire with a net worth of how many billion dollars? 90. Nope. 3.5. 3.5. Oh. Still a lot. That's still a lot. <laughs> so more money than I got. <laughs> Xavier's favorite book is first said in the storyline, The Extinction Agenda. What do you think Xavier's favorite book is? I'm going to totally base this off the films and say The Once and Future King. You are absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> now, it. Magneto also shares Xavier's passion for the novel. I did not know this because if you watch the prison scene... Of, he's reading it. He's also reading yeah. A Once and Future King. With his um, uh, plastic and glass chest. Yeah, and, sa- and he says the very famous line, when will all these people learn to fly? Also, you know, Xavier talks about it to the students. That's the reason why they have him say Once and Future King is because from Extinction Agenda. Nice. Yes. And another last interesting fact that won't be a trivia question, um, it is writer Scott Liddell who is responsible for giving Professor Xavier his middle name, Francis. Well done, Scott Libdell. And that is the end of the Professor Charles Xavier lesson. Wow, I can't believe we got all the way through it. That's a lot. There's a little bit of a long one, but there is a lot to it. There's a lot of quality Um, stuff. Now, let's go to recommended reading, where we recommend there's stuff that you should read. I'm going to give my picks real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, I love all of Grant Morrison's New X-Men. It's one of my favorite favorite runs. Um, But if you really want to read an excellent Xavier... I suggest you read issues 1 through 30 of Ultimate X-Men by Mark Miller because in mm. that uh you can't you're not sure if you can trust Xavier and it's very interesting and you don't need to know anything else about the X-Men it's their, it's like they created the X-Men in the 2000s and the reason why I say this is because there's a storyline in it called Return of the King like the hey. Tol- the Tolkien books <laughs> and it is the secret origin of Magneto and and Xavier and and why they broke apart and why they left and in that storyline you learn. I'm just going to give it to you right now. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler. Xavier loses his legs because him and Magneto go to the Savage Land. They find the Savage Land and they decide to, to, to create their utopia, right? Mm-hmm. And Magneto starts wearing his helmet and starts getting all power hungry and doing stuff like that. Like you do. Yeah. And Xavier gets worried for his life and decides to leave. And Magneto sees him leaving. And Magneto, uh, Xavier, like, stole, like, uh, a couple other people, like, got to come with him. Yeah. And Magneto saw this, could sense him leaving. And sent out a metal spike through the forest. And what is one of the most painful panels I have ever seen in comics stabs Xavier through the back with this giant metal shard. And that, my friends, in the Ultimate Universe is why Charles Xavier is in a wheelchair. And they sort of co-opt that, sort, sort of. of, in first class. It's a much more powerful reason for why he's in the chair. And it's a much more powerful reason for why they are enemies. And but I, why Magneto would still be in contact with him at all, if only out of guilt? Well, exactly. And also in the Ultimate Universe, you learn that uh, you learn that Charles and Magneto spend almost ten years together mm-hmm. before this split happens. So they are very good friends. Like if you're if you're if you're around anybody for ten years, you could probably consider yourself a very good friend with them. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, what would you recommend? Well, I was going to recommend the Grant Morrison run, but since you've taken that away from me, I am going to recommend that people go back and watch X-Men and X-Men 2. And if you haven't, I'm sad for you. X-Men uh, 1 is the stronger Charles Xavier movie. It is. Because he's not immediately taken out. No, but I think there's still good stuff in X2. And um, first I'm, class. I'm looking for hope. I will bring you hope, old friend. I only ask you don't stand in my way. That was my Magneto. It was, it was well done. I well love done. the opening <laughs> scene. I love that opening scene of them. Yeah. Uh, the second the second movie is definitely more Wolverine-centric. Yes. They also do something bad in both those movies that I, I've never forgiven them for is that they take Xavier off the playing field in both movies because they feel that he's the Superman problem, that he's too powerful. We can't have him around. If he's yeah. around, there's no conflict, which I think is BS. I, I agree with you. But, BS, BS, BS. But it's still some of his best representation on of screen. Course. It is his best representation on screen. And James McAvoy, although he's not my favorite actor, does a really good job playing young Patrick Stewart. Uh, he does an amazing job of playing young Charles Xavier, I think. Yeah, and I think First Class, um, I mean, I have problems with First Class, but it's definitely worth watching for the Charles Magneto stuff. Mm -hmm. That's definitely the best part. So totally. I'm going to recommend that you view those three films. Now let's go into discussion. Ah, drop some discussion on And I have one question. One. Now we've seen throughout Xavier's history that he is not the most trustworthy worthy fellow, right? To say the least. He, he mind wipes people when he can. He hid the second X-Men. He does this. Let me ask you, hmm. which version in your canon do you like? Do you like Xavier being the comforting mentor? Or do you like Xavier being the comforting mentor, although playing for his own game and tricking people underneath the surface? Which do you like? I because both, I'm sorry, both are represented pretty equally. Yeah. Um, for storytelling purposes, I like Comforting Mentor, but I'm definitely playing my own game underneath. Mm -hmm. But if so I were, you like Trixie Xavier, I do. I like it to read. But if I were, he's a bastard. He's sometimes a bastard. he is. Um, Batman is like that too. <laughs> uh, I if, would say nowhere near to the level of Xavier, just because Xavier can completely well, erase memories. I mean, yeah, he's met a human mutant, whatever. But if I were to entertain the idea that I were living in that world, yeah. I would definitely, I would want to be like Scott. I would want to have that faith and that security in one person. Mm -hmm. And I would want Professor Xavier to be like the father figure. Um, well, I, I, was talking, I was more talking about like story-wise. Yeah, story-wise. Like, like reading the stories, like do you, do you hate it when Xavier's like, you, you find out that Xavier's like this bastard? Sometimes I do. You know? But I think that's interesting storytelling. Or are you are you more of a fan of the story? Like I like Xavier just being like the stalwart of the X-Men, like the yeah, leader, you, the Yeah, you want him to be the pillar? No, that's mm -hmm. what that's what I want Cyclops to do. Oh. Cyclops to me is Mr. Mr. Doctor Hero guy. Like he's the pillar and he, nothing can mar him. And, because and I, I will I'm give, okay with Xavier being I will give you this. Um, say what you will about X-Men The Last Stand, X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like about that movie is the scene where they get Gene. They find out that Gene's alive, and, yeah. they, and they bring him into the medical bay, and it's Gene, Patrick Stewart, and Wolverine. And Patrick Stewart is like trying to build her blocks, and and Logan's like, "What's the Phoenix?" And he was like, "It was a, it was a her acting out. I built mental blocks into her brain." And like Logan's like, "What, what? You trapped part of her consciousness? Like, what's wrong with you?" Yeah, yeah. And then like Professor X, Patrick Stewart does this. 
this performance that you have not seen in any of the other movies. Mm-hmm. And he like, literally looks like, like, I don't have to explain myself to you. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, who is this guy? And I appreciate that we got to see Trixie Xavier. In, On at, screen? Even briefly? At, le- at least briefly. Mm-hmm. At least briefly. You know, um, well, because in all the cartoons, because they're cartoons in there, he's not Trixie. No, they're for a younger audience. You need that paternal figure. But I like, I like Trixie. I, I like Trixie Xavier. Yeah. Even though, like, to me, I like father figure Xavier when he's against Magneto. But otherwise, of I course. like I like Trixie Xavier because the thing I love about through all all thirty issues of Ultimate X Men is that there's this revolving thing of um, the Beast, Henry McCoy, mm-hmm. right? And Henry McCoy throughout the entire series is always thinking about quitting. He's like, ah, I think I should leave. I think I should leave. Yeah. And he says several times, he's like, well, he starts dating Aurora Storm. I remember that. Yeah, and they he, were a good couple. Exactly. And and the only reason why he stays is because of her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I would have left the X-Men like, because I don't want to be attacked by robots and Magneto. Like, yeah. I would have left if I'm not like dating a super hot chick. In about issue 20, the team starts really distrusting Excuse me. Xavier. And somebody, Iceman, says to Beast, you know, what if Storm doesn't actually like you? What if this is Charles making her like you because he knows he needs you and he's trying to make you stay? And that carries for the next 10 issues. Yeah, and then Kieran Gillen totally co-ops that and and makes Billy, Loki makes Billy Kaplan think that about Teddy and the Young Avengers, which just ended. Well, true, true. Uh, But... But because of that, Beast and Storm break up mm-hmm. because Beast is not sure. And Beast and Beast thinks, he's like, I'm ugly. You wouldn't like me. Yeah. So Trixie, Trixie Xavier, yay or nay? Yay. You're a yay for it? Yay for storytelling purposes. All right, cool. I like it too. All right, cool. And that's it. That's all for Geek History Lesson. Yeah. Uh, Professor Charles Xavier, go out there and go see X-Men Days of Future Past. We haven't seen it. But we're going. But we're going to see it. And we may do a, a future Days of Future Past something, something. We've been talking about. We'll see. You know, we'll let you know. A little teaser. Next week, Black Canary. She's been on Arrow. She's kicking ass. She's got blonde hair. But she doesn't really do that much in the comic books, so we're <laughs> going to talk about her. But before that, if you want to suggest topics... For future episodes, you can go to our social medias, and you can find us on where, Ashley? You can find us on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson, or you can find us on Tumblr. Our asks, our comments, our likes are all open. We follow back, and we are at tumblr.com slash geekhistorylesson. You get lots of good information, guys. And and again, I want to thank you all for listening. Yeah. We really appreciate every one of you that download this podcast, and if you can go out to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review, rate us. It really helps us get a bigger audience because, you know, we love geek history as much as you love listening to it, we hope. And we want to keep doing this. So, and that helps us keep doing it. And if you like our styles, you like our personalities, go find us on our personal social media. Ashley, you can find her on Ashley V. Robinson on Twitter. And uh, where they, where can they find me? I'm lost. Uh, they can find you, I think, on Twitter and YouTube at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, both places. Go do it. Go hunt us down. Give us some likes, some thanks. We love you all. We internet love you. I'm Jason Inman. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And Professor Jason, take us away. This geek history lesson is now dismissed for hope. 